Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I am interviewing one of the co-founders of Mira Kitchen Collective, Aisha Alfadala. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Rob. Thank you for coming on. Um, so I want to get into the vitals here, the vital stats. What what really brought you to Baltimore? Because I, I noticed that was a you had a few stops um, along the way, as everyone does before they actually get in Baltimore and are like, hey, I want to do some change. It's like, cool. Great. So because like Baltimore is like almost like a city of like transients, but people stay because they're charmed. They're like, yeah, Baltimore is great. I'm going to be here. So what was your story in coming to Baltimore? And give us some of those those like early like parts of building out um, Mirror's Kitchen Collective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was in Portland, Oregon before I came to Baltimore. Um, I'm originally from Kuwait. So I moved here uh, for, for college. Then I went to graduate school in Portland, Oregon. And then I was looking for jobs as everyone else. And mm -hmm. Baltimore has vacancies. So I moved to Baltimore, you know, um, yeah. for my job, but slowly, um, just from my experience, uh, moving to a new country and I, and I knew English, I had difficulty like making friends and just navigating my way. So when I got here, I made sure like I wanted to, uh, be involved in, um, newcomers. Um, so I started to be in the community and organically, met the other co-founders, Emma Lerman, Iman Al-Shahab, like Lillian. Um, and then we, I just remember meeting at Highland Town uh, yeah. Library. Um, and I remember just sitting and, and um, like over, you know, in the library and like mentioning the idea of doing a project together. Yeah. Um, Cause like we saw that uh, food is a common experience of, across all of us um and then we're like okay let's let's try it let's let's start by having dinners at our houses yeah and so i hosted dinner at my house and another two dinners at friends houses and we sold tickets to our friends and family you know like 20 dollars come eat dinner you know yeah uh so our friends and family came to those dinners um and they were like, okay, how about we approach a restaurant and try to kind of make a bigger dinner um, and Hershey's Pizza. Um, they were very generous to give us a space and we hosted like 75 people for the first time um, and the tickets sold out really fast. Um, I mean, none of us really had much of a culinary experience in the US. I mean, some of, some of the people had experiences in different countries um, but you know, it's just a different system to navigate and we were so naive. And then, you know, another restaurant approached us and like, do you want to do a dinner? We did it with a Clavel, Hirsch's, um, and then slowly we're like, let's apply to the farmer's market. Yeah. By that time we didn't have a car. We didn't have a kitchen. We didn't really own a pot, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so we applied and we're like, no, we're not going to get in. You know, we're potless. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to try this year, you know, and maybe try next year. And then yeah. we got in and we're like, oh, what are we going to do? <laughs> it's real now. <laughs> it's real now. Exactly. So we um, talked to the director of the farmer's market at that time. And she was generous to connect us. She was like, no, i we were like, we're gonna, we were like, we're gonna meet up like a breakup, you know, we can't take it. Maybe next year we'll try again. 
Yeah. And she was like, no, I believe in you. I was like, you don't know us. <laughs> I know it's really nice that you believe in you more than you believe in yourself sometimes. Yeah. So she connected us to a kitchen that we can use. And um, we're from there. Yeah. It's great. It's just, it's going to, we're going to make this happen. We're going to figure this out. I, I like it. And it, it's, it's kind of that drive of like, it's, it's up here. It's up here. Ultimately, it's like, now nah, we know what we're doing. This works. There's a, there's a proof of concept that was, that was sitting there of like, look, we got 75 people to pull up. And, <laughs> and what is nice to be in Baltimore, to be honest, like every person that we reached out to is like, from where do you get your, you know, your containers or where do you, yeah. what do you do with this or where you get your tent? And people are very like sharing resources, like all the, all the other restaurants. So it wasn't like a feel of a competition. It was more like sense of community. I think yeah. that really helped us gain the experience and do things as, you know, as best we can. That's great. Um, and like, I, I, I love hearing when that community component is there. Like people are looking at us like, yeah, man, this is where I get mines from. You know, you can also get them from here. There's a few other places too, but if you want to be cheap, right? It's like, whoa, you're giving me the whole rundown. Like, do you have a book? <laughs> exactly. Like go to the restaurant store, like really early in the morning. So there's not lines so like, oh, man. that's the you best know, time. Small things that make your life better. Ask for Joey. <laughs> he has, he's exactly. got the good ones. Yeah, ask for this person. Exactly. <laughs> so what does, mirror the, the word mean and how does it align with um, the values of the collective? All right. So mirror comes from a Greek word that means uh, meraki. That means when you do something so passionately, they leave part of you in it. Um, and that's aligned with our value as in, a, in creating a community that uh, we are all, uh, our being is interweaved uh, for our existence. Um, and that's like what co-ops, that's why we chose to be a cooperative. Yeah. Um, that means everybody has a voice and a share of the business. Um, however, like we need to acknowledge that we exist within the limits of capitalism. Um, and we are working toward being a cooperative on paper, not only just like, the culture, mm -hmm. but, you know, the limitations of like immigration um, and people losing their Medicaid and and the limitation of the industry that we're operating in. I've, I've seen like some businesses here local locally have kind of bucked it. And it's like, look, we're, we're a co-op now. We are employee owned. This is what it is. Like I remember to Harker brothers, mm -hmm. um, guess on the pod. Uh, I remember, uh, what is it? Uh, Joe squared, just like we're shifting to this because they're, it's it's proof that it works like both of those and, and your place as well are examples of like you can do good stuff and do ultimately good business. So why are we sticking to this one structure? Why is this the only option? It's like, let's explore other options. That That's I don't know. That's just what pops in my head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and that's like people have been doing this for centuries. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, right. it's a longer history than in a sense of hierarchy than uh, like having it more mm -hmm. um, aligned, like back home where in Kuwait, all majority, all 90% of grocery stores are co-ops. Wow. So it's, it's very common, yeah. you know, common structure. Yeah. It's just, we're doing this, this way here because someone is benefiting that has nothing to do with this business. <laughs> exactly. It, 
Yeah, it's like we have to keep the wheel rolling. And I, I believe I'm becoming an anti-capitalist, but that's a different podcast. So it's a different conversation <laughs> for a different podcast. Um, so, so speak on the, the mission of Mirror Kitchen Collective and like describe what makes story worthy food. See, I was reading. I was reading things. <laughs> so food is, as you mentioned, food is like an emotional experience. It takes us to uh, like a train of our memories. That's how I look at it. Take yeah. you to grandparents' house. When is the first time you tried saffron rice? Or when is the first time you tried sushi? You know, take you to an experience, to connection of with another person. And that what makes it worth it. Yeah. It's, it's a time where you like in all of our cultures, like where we sit and pause and talk over food and pass the table and pass the plates. So it's like a ritual uh, that I think is uh, that we should, we should honor. And it has, it has a lot of stories that are embedded in it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to share uh, in, in at Mira. Yeah. I, yeah, I think um, I, I look back at some of my favorite meals. I remember, um, the first time that I tried, like, I guess, Indian food here was this uh, restaurant called Kumari. And my girlfriend is named Kumari. And so that right there, self-serving. I was like, do you own the place? And uh, I was like, let me know. Like, And um, I, I, I remember I, on occasion I had panic attacks and I had a really bad one that day. And they kind of just take me out. And I'm always kind of like, you know, gun shy. Like, uh, I don't want to do anything. I don't so I, I turned to a big baby. It's not great. It's, it's ugly. It's not great. I'm a big baby. Anyway she came back um, and she got Indian food. And that was the first time I tried it. And it was like uh, chicken biryani, uh, non like samosas. The first time I had any of this stuff. And I was like, yo, this is health food. She's like, I don't know if that's true. I was like, the spices is great. I, it was feeling like being reborn. That's what it felt like. So when I'm having that, that meal, the components of that meal, it takes me to not necessarily the panic attack, obviously, but that, if I'm feeling bad or if I'm having like one of those days or if I've had a panic attack, that might be the meal that I'm looking for because I've had that good mood and that good. I have a story connected to it. Exactly. Like basically, like it reminded you of a person showing up for you, mm-hmm. bringing you, showing their love through food. Yeah. You know, it just it connected and made it uh, made you question, like, what is the spices? I mean, you <sighs> understand like, what is Indian cuisine and what, you know, many question. Um, so Animal like food a, a vehicle. <laughs> And I'm a food nerd as well. So if you say, hey, Rob, try this. I'm like, oh, this is good. What else you got? <laughs> it's like, and there's, a, there's a good food scene in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, so this is this is actually a funny question. Some folks have bland palates <laughs> and think, uh, oh, my, oh, my cumin is so experimental. Tell us about <laughs> balancing. Tell us about the balance of marrying global foods to to this market here. As you, you touched on, we have a we, we're, we're a food city, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think we're a chef city. We're a food city. I think people want to try different things, but some of the palates aren't the most um, adventurous. Like Maz isn't. I, I'll try anything. It's like, yo, mm-hmm, give it to mm-hmm. me. Put it on a plate. Um, so, so how do you marry those those two things? So we really struggled with that one, especially initially. Um, and uh, we usually encourage full expression of our chefs. Like we don't want to tone the expression down or uh, tweak it just because of the recipient cannot appreciate it. You know, it's like an, mm-hmm. and food is like something you get used to. Um, so in the farmer's market, some, when we first started, like I used to, we give samples and I used to say, oh, sambusa is like cheese stick. You know what I'm saying? It's like 
something that's fried, something familiar. Yeah. yeah. I try to find something from familiar to kind of as a bridge to make sure. the person at least try it. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people shut it down before even trying it. Um. So. I think, and again, like I think like every food attracts different sets of people and different audience and you just trying to get the fruit that is willing to try. Yeah, it. I think like, you know, I, 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 from my vantage point, there's a fair amount of like xenophobia, especially like I, even in something like food, something as kind of common as food. And it's like, you know, what I think Mira does is like you can have a plate. <laughs> That has various areas represented. It's like, look, I want some of these over here in this corner. It's like mm -hmm. an international Thanksgiving plate in many ways to, to me that you could ultimately do. And, you know, as, as a person that I look back maybe 10, 15, probably probably 15 years ago, I was like, I don't know what hummus is. And I was like, ah, I think I'm all set. And then when I had, I was like, all right, this is good. Now I'm like, yeah, where's the red pepper hummus? Y'all got some chips? This is great. <laughs> And it's it's a dive or even um, sushi, right? And like not mm -hmm. knowing anything about it, hearing what someone else's take on it other than having an entry point. And I like what you said there of like, this is like this. This is the bridge. Um, and as the cowboy for my family of look, you got to try this. This is good. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be good. I, like, I assure you it is going to be good. I know mm -hmm. that your palates or this, this is going to work. Um. How many different countries' cuisines are represented in the collective? And um, has there been any fusion that does like, yeah, we're going to do a little bit of this. We're going to have maybe these spices. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, so now we have from Syria, Burkina Bay, uh, Salvador, Honduras, Mexico. Um, so these are the five countries that we have now. And we have done infusions. And our, our first dish that we came up with was saffron rice, uh, which is Middle Eastern Syrian and smoked saffron rice and with uh, DG, which is a Cameroon dish, which has plantains uh, and vegetables, um, which I never thought I would mix these two, but it was very a popular hit and it's still one of my favorite dishes. Um, however, our Cameroon chef have moved to Morocco a while ago. Uh, so currently we do some infusions like mm -hmm. The hortacha, like, and also like chefs within themselves figure, like, d kind of play yeah. in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Like, the hortacha is something in um, common in um, Latin food. But when we realize, like, we have it in the Middle East too, in the way where, but we add like rose water to it. Yeah. Um, but it's like, oh, it's kind of very similar to what we have. It just like add one ingredient or take one ingredient out. <laughs> yeah. Um, also another thing we have in, uh, created in the kitchen is like, um, shawarma fried chicken, like one of our, sh uh, one of the, uh, people work like frying regular ch frying chicken. And then another person was like, Oh, what about if we do like marinated with the shawarma wet and then we fry it. And our baker was like, Oh, how about I make like special bun to a Zatar bun? I was like, Oh, <laughs> and it was. Oh my. oh my this this is uh, i'm sure people can hear me it's like can you stop drooling rob that sounds delicious i i i love when like some people have a, like 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 fusions and things of that nature have a really weird like reputation i i think it's it speaks on like creativity i think it speaks to 
um, if you're if you're doing it right and paying homage to the the cultures that it comes from and the people that are there, if the people that are that are there and this is representative of their lineage, their history, their background, they have a relation to the food, then why, why not? I, I mean, I don't want somebody that has no relation to the food. And it's like I think this is cool. So this with this, you got to have some story. I agree. And, and yeah, and it reflects their relationship. And that's why we've seen the kitchen, like when for people first meet each other, there is not much infusion because they're building that relationship. They're just yeah. trying each other's food. And then after a year or two of being comfortable, yeah. then it's like people feel comfortable, like, oh, what what do you think if we mix this with that? Mm. I like that. That that is that's just that's like musicians playing together. It's like, yeah, we're gonna do a little improv here. <laughs> right, right. So tell me about your work as a cultural broker and the importance of exchange of cultural backgrounds through food. I really did not know how to label what I do in the kitchen. So I was like, oh, what did what do they call this? The person who translate, uh-huh. but really translate the meanings of things. Um, and also, like I work as a translator at my job. So constantly, like we know, sometimes you cannot translate the the word, the exact words, because people in different cultures, like the words have different meanings. So you're yes. always kind of trying to understand what the person is saying. Uh, and by a culture broker, I kind of translate between the team. But also, it's like, oh, what does this person mean when they do this? Um, and as I mentioned, like I had to kind of bridge work on bridging. Okay, you're doing. Um, this authentic thing that represents of your culture, but how can I bridge it to somebody, a consumer or who is very different from your culture? Yeah. Um, so it was, I'm constantly learning. It's not a, it's a, I really enjoy doing it. It's, it's, I'm learning about the person and how to translate the idea in the best possible way yeah. uh, and kind of bridge that relationship. And then it's like, as, it's just like an introduction when the people kind of meet and they're just organically kind of goes by itself. That's great. It's great. I, <laughs> I, I always look back, especially with the, the broader like group of people that I've been interviewing in this podcast. I always have to look back at um, like just courses I took in college, like, you know, cross-cultural communication, international business, things like that, because Everything is different and it's like broader than, well, the culture in Baltimore is this, you know, my personal culture is this. It's like, I'm, I try to be early for an interview. I try to do this. Some people are like, look, I'm going to get on 20 minutes late. Cause that's what I do. And it's like, what? And then you find out like, that's not a shot at you. That's not a, uh, um, besmirchment at you. That's just like, look, culturally, this is just what I do. It's like, all right, cool. I understand that now. So I think it gives just a little bit more uh, levity and bandwidth to people sometimes if you at least go into it trying to to understand and it's like so what what are we doing you know just wanted to know exactly yeah and this role like organically happened because I speak Arabic English and Spanish so I was like I'm always in the middle I'm like, what does this person mean? What, why is this happening? It would, it would be great where you, if you were like talking with one person and it's like, oh, okay, hold on. What's the language? Hold on. What am I saying here? Okay. I didn't use that. Too. Oh man. What am I doing here? <laughs> Sometimes I talk to the wrong person. I used, to, I used the wrong language with the wrong person, with the wrong person, you know? That's like, ah. great. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine it's not great, but um, it, it would be funny. It's like, all right, I need to 
I need to describe what you mean here, but I have to like think about it. I, I worked in a um, Spanish call center at one time, and I just remember it was um like it was two people on the staff. One person was from Guatemala, and the rest of the staff would make fun of him because he failed like the Spanish exam there. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm a native, I'm a fluent speaker. I'm a native speaker. And he was like, well, your Spanish isn't as good as our Spanish. I was like, this is great. <laughs> I was like, this is really funny. So I heard that food is a piece of home. I, I, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And a reflection of where you're from and when, where you're going, um, people are always looking for home, looking for connection. So what's been the response to, to um, the mirror? It's in the, from the community has been, uh, we always have focus before COVID, we were always focusing on like uh, communal dinners where like strangers would be seated next to each other. And that kind of cultivating that environment that supports um, community. However, when COVID happened, that's definitely had changed. Um, so we hope to get back to that in the yeah. sense of, and that's when we, we just had our, we're opened our own spot. Um, in, on Calvert and it's Wednesday to Friday currently uh, for lunch. Mm -hmm. And the main thing, like we're, when we're designing this space, we're like the most important thing is to have a big communal table where people have to sit next to each other, have to talk to the person next to them. And I think we lost that as a culture. We exist in very isolated individualistic culture. Mm -hmm. um, However, now our survival is more dependent on mutual aid and community than yeah. governments. Um, so it's, it's and especially for us, majority of us come from collective culture. So it's yeah. like a piece of home. When we think about big plates, shared plates, um, my culture, we eat from the same plates that teaches you consideration. Like, am I eating all of the food before the other person? It teaches you like how it's like communication. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally, totally agree or have you like it's really uncommon, that communal component here, but it's not I think when it's presented, I, I tend not to shy away from it, but it's like when I do this, like initially when I'm doing this podcast, it would just be blank screens just talking. I was like, there is no connection here. So, I mean, when the opportunity presents itself. I try to do it in person because it's just a different energy. It's an exchange. It's something more. So eventually, you know, I'm going to come down there and I'm like, hey, what we got here? What's what's the food? So I'm going to take this whole table. I'm, I'm going to be inconsiderate because I'm a very greedy individual. So like, yo, give me the whole, give me all of it. Just all of it. What what breads do you have? More, you know, <laughs> but I, I think that's what, what people crave. And early on in the pandemic, it was, it's funny. Um, when the shutdowns were happening and all that stuff, there was a on, on on Instagram, someone hit me and went live and they were from Spain. And I was like, I don't speak Spanish. I was going to go. And he's like, hey, man, Rob, I was like, huh? And, and um, I don't know why I answered, by the way, but I guess the, just the spirit got me. And he was like, man, just, you know, just loving it, man. Loving the podcast. I was like, you're listening to the podcast here. And um, he's like, one of my friends looks just like you. And he shows me like. Like an Asian dude who looks a lot like me, I was like, "Look, this is y'all trolling me." You know, that was, that was kind of the the thing, and um, but it was just this desire. It's like, man, we're doing really well here. I hope you're safe there. And it was this international kind of check in from someone I've never known. But it it it's it was it was cool, and it kind of it was weird, but it made my morning. Right, right. That somebody else in the world thought about you. That yeah. they don't really want anything from you. 
Yeah, because we, we do a lot of that here. And that's the thing that I kind of struggle sometimes here with doing this podcast and being involved in various communities and, and having a desire to connect with people. You want to avoid things that feel like it's a transaction. You want to avoid things that feel like there's not a community building or at least the notion of, hey, I acknowledge you exist as a person. I like what mm-hmm. you do. That's literally what this comes out. So when I was asked, uh, who do you pick? How do you pick the people? It's like, does someone like, do I like what someone's doing? Do I admire what they're doing? And do I want to know more about it? That's literally one, two, three checks. And then let's do the interview. (laughs) Right. Curiosity, basically. Yeah. And curiosity and and, and like admiration, you know, Mm because it's like, I can be curious, but it's like, I don't don't like what you do, but I, I like what you all are doing. Um, so what does growth look like for Mirror Kitchen Collective? Growth for us looks at um, investing in our members yeah. uh, in the sense of their skills, in the sense of uh, we can increase the income of, uh, of individuals we know, like the food industry. Um, so like not making um, a livable wage yet. So we strive to uh, share share financial wealth with the members. Um have our space open for Baltimore, for the community, um, doing collaborations, having it more than just a place where you eat and you leave, but in a building um, space that kind of encourage building community. So we have, we hope to open more hours, do more programming as you know, hopefully we can in the next months if things get, if things get better. Yes. And um, cause there's, there's been like, I, I don't know. Like I, I was doing this list today of Rob's top 10 of just like various places. And I wanted to do one and, I, and I'm probably going to do one a little later today of just like do gooders and like everything that I've seen with Mira has just been just doing good stuff within the community. And, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I wasn't sh- like sure initially, like, what is this? And I was like, okay, there's food. They're doing stuff in the community. These are, like good people what's happening here and but just it, like really saying all right that's all i needed to know good stuff is happening and food is involved and you know and what i'm hearing there that's that's just within the ethos that's within the mission of what you all are doing mm-hmm. um let's see all right okay yeah this is you, you already answered this one so i guess i can go into rapid fire you answer all my see you're an overachiever you know what? You're an overachiever. You've answered all of my real questions. So now I'm going to get into my fake questions. Okay. All right. So my fake questions are, they're rapid fire questions. And essentially um, these rapid fire questions are, um, they, they might be like, what's your favorite movie? It might be something like that. Right. And, okay. and essentially if you want to add depth to it, any extra context you can, but you don't necessarily have to. Okay. All right. What was your last Google search? Um, <laughs> artificial clouds you know i never seen that machine creates artificial clouds that that that's the that's the greatest answer to that to that question i've had i was looking at artificial clouds moving on (laughs) (laughs) um what are three words that describe your work what are three words that come to mind um when you think about your work uh, um with with mirror or more broadly what are three words that come to mind I would say listening, listening, I would put two of those and the community. Okay. You, you listen twice. Like, it's like, uh, it's like measure twice, cut once. It's like, I listen twice. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you 
it definitely like one of those words that you keep tripping on, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay. When you're in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. What are you uh, listening to? Is it music, audiobooks, podcasts, or is it silence? Is it silence in the kitchen? No, it's definitely not silence. <laughs> I, I would hope so. I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. It's actually too much music. It's a lot of talking and a lot of music. <laughs> it's lots of music and lots of talking too. Yeah. I, I like whenever I've, t- this is how I can, <laughs> this is how I can tell whether the food is good. If it, <laughs> if it's silence, like, nah, it's not good. <laughs> There's no collaboration <laughs> happening. <laughs> um, so the food is foundational, right? Um, mm-hmm. What are three ingredients that are always in your home kitchen? I would say uh, cumin, cardamom, and saffron. Okay, you're spending money. I heard the saffron. I was like, okay, with the the, yeah, the red, well, the red magic. Like a dash of it <laughs> Just, once in a while. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, I, I bring it from home too, so it's different. That would be great. It's like, oh, this is going to be an expensive. I remember it was one time my dad stumbled across some saffron that was in his car. He's like, this was $40. He's like, what, what is this? I was like, what this are you going like to use? Gold. Right. Right. Um, okay. Lastly, what is your motto? Like your motto when you interact with people? And I feel like it might be listen, listen and community. But <laughs> what is your motto when you, you interact within the community, when you interact within this world? It could be just as a person or as a person within Mira. But what does that mm-hmm. look like for you? Um, I really enjoy like having conversations with people. So it's like when I, when, whenever I'm walking, I try to strike a conversation or even the bus, you yeah. know what I'm saying? There's so many interesting people around us. That I think we don't know how to access. Yeah. I think it's all about the right question to have the right conversation. Um, so that's my, my motto is to explore to be kind of open and, Again, like having a conversation is like one of the most I one of the most top things that brings me joy. That that actually put a smile on my face. This 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 <laughs> this rugged face now has a smile on it because I, I I like that. That is that's great. I think um yeah conversation. That's a, that's a thing that it's a lost art actually. I agree. I agree. Um. So I don't have any more questions for you. You took all of them. You ran through all of them. Um, But I want to invite you and thank you. Actually, I want to thank you, first of all, for being on this podcast and sharing more about you, more about Mirror Kitchen Collective. But also, I want to invite you to um, plug away. Tell us about the website, social media, all of that good stuff. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, So people can follow us on it. We are on Instagram, Facebook. Our website is Mira.Kitchen. Um, we have a holiday sale coming up and hopefully the new year's will be more open. We do catering and uh, to go and a sit down um, service. So there you have it. So for Aisha Alfadala of Mirror Kitchen Collective, I'm Rob Lee saying that there is food and community in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. <laughs>